1: And we're back here on Intercom Radio on six of their stations with an audience reach of over 3 million. And we're so happy to have a partnership with them and certainly thankful to you for joining us and listening and tuning in. I want to uh, invite our next guest to join us, and she's the editor-in-chief for the Houston Business Journal. And that is Giselle Rodriguez-Greenwood, who was named our 2019 female Executive of the Year. And by the way, Giselle, that carries over into 2020 until the next gala. So congratulations. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're so very proud of all of your accomplishments and certainly as a Latina heading up the Houston Business Journal as the editor-in-chief. Very important. And certainly your colleague and the president and publisher, uh, Bob Charley, have just done incredible work here in Houston. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So Houston, wow, growing every day. And if the traffic is any indication of prosperity, <laughs> then we are prospering. And certainly the construction we're seeing throughout the city and the region, the homes, the uh, just the uh, the economy, the strong economy, the unemployment mm-hmm. rate, so many trends that have an upward trajectory are certainly things that we can be proud of. But from your perspective, tell us what some of the concerns are for Houston executives.
0: Well, like you said, Houston is continuing uh, to perform strongly versus the rest of the nation. Um, But we are an oil town, and that hasn't changed. Uh, So right now, many executives are concerned with the state of the energy industry, We've seen a few energy companies have some layoffs. Uh, They're pulling back on their spending. And even though Houston has grown less dependent on the oil sector, it's still the largest driver of our economy. And you certainly continue to see a trickle-down effect in good times and in bad, regardless of uh, whether or not you're directly involved with the energy industry. Um, and then the other thing we hear time and time again, and this is a struggle for executives, not just in Houston, but everywhere is, uh, the struggle to find and retain good talent. Almost every CEO I've talked to has said that this is the number one concern that keeps them up at night. Um, Houston's workforce is very competitive and it can take months to find the right person. uh, And that takes time and money. And then once you have them, how do you keep them there? It's it's a struggle, like I said, that every executive faces on a daily basis.
1: Right. And certainly I think uh, this new generation, um, millennials, I think, uh, certainly mm-hmm. they're different. They uh, are unique. They have different expectations, especially when you're talking about um, them working with people who are not millennials and understanding oh, yeah. that dynamic and How to keep them engaged and how to communicate with them. And uh, so we have a lot to learn. And I know there are a lot of great people out there providing data and resources and information on this. But certainly uh, at the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, that's one of the things that we focus on is how do we keep our corporate partners connected to uh, folks that they can hire. And so we post jobs on our website, sell. Uh, So that we can make sure that people are aware that there are opportunities out there. I think one of the things that we're seeing and having the conversation with especially, again, millennials is uh, there's something to be said about having tenure at a company. And what we're Mm -hmm. seeing when we look at resumes and other executives are telling us is that people are working one year, two years somewhere, and then they're moving on. And, oh, yeah. I uh,
0: think the average lifespan of a millennial is about two years. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and, uh, and that's very different from the people who are hiring them who have 15, 10, 20, 30 years at a company. And so I think we've got to find that happy balance of um, having loyalty there and uh, developing with a company and the company investing in those employees to develop them so that a few dollars or a few thousand dollars more a year doesn't take you away from an opportunity that long-term may build on the career. So lots more to come in that particular space, but let's also talk about then uh, the economy. What are you seeing in that space and your conversations, and what are some trends here in the Houston area?
0: Well, like I said, Houston has um, had a very strong economy, um, and, and uh, but we have learned from our lessons of the past. So I think what we'll see this year And what we keep hearing uh, over and over again from economists is slow, careful growth. Um, The Greater Houston Partnership predicts a more modest job forecast uh, than we've seen in the past. Um, You know, the Houston area is expected to create uh, 42,300 jobs in 2020 versus the GHP's prediction of creating 72,000 jobs in 2019. Um, you know some areas of growth for Houston uh, that have been mentioned are the healthcare industry, government, accommodation and food services, and the construction industries. All those industries are expected to drive job growth in Houston in 2020. Um, no surprise, the two sectors that will uh, that the G- GHP anticipates losses in are, of course, Houston's energy sector and the retail trade sectors, which is really interesting considering, uh, you know, we have the advent of Amazon and retail on demand. Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing a lot of that trend come to Houston. Uh, You're also seeing a lot of these retailers set up uh, distribution centers, Wayfair, Costco, um, IKEA from a few years back. They're trying to get uh, goods to consumers quicker
1: yes and you see that all around as an example in the east end area where we had the uh, old foley's and uh different Mm -hmm. uh the fingers uh a furniture company and others that now are housing all of these amazon trucks and vehicles and again it's in the name of progress but there are unintended consequences sometimes and definitely for retail. Uh, We certainly are seeing it here in the Houston area with Macy's closing down more and more stores, laying off people. But I think also is that Houston is trying to be proactive and I'll give the example of Lone Star College now offering uh, Mm -hmm. bachelor degrees in nursing and in manufacturing and in cybersecurity. So the reality is that some of the jobs that were here before are no longer here and so we need to punt and make sure that our workforce is getting degrees in areas where they can be hired and have that conversation with the universities community college and those corporate executives to make sure we're preparing folks for the future so uh, that they are work ready and workforce development as you and I both know we're talking about yesterday at lunch with Bob is that we've got to do everything we can to make sure that this next generation is prepared to actually be able to have a career and work. And that may mean a two-year associate's degree. It may mean a Mm -hmm. certification program. It may mean a four-year degree. But the great thing is that Houston has all of those opportunities here and uh, the affordability and access is readily available.
0: Yeah, and there's another thing I will mention that, that we've seen as a trend These institutes of higher education are now actively engaged with the business community. So, like you mentioned, um, San Jack and Lone Star, you know, uh, whereas before universities and colleges kind of uh, functioned in their own silos, they're now actively talking to business leaders and seeing what they need in terms of workforce it's no longer this high-level academia. It's, it's more like, you know, well, tell me what you need. And it goes back to that painting and finding talent challenge, right? Yes. Um, so I, I feel like Houston's higher education leaders are 100% engaged with making our workforce stronger and, and keeping that workforce here in Houston.
1: Well, you're absolutely right, Giselle. And again, on behalf of the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, I want to thank you, Bob and the entire Houston Business Journal team for being partners with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. You run our ads, our announcements, you're at our initiatives, and vice versa. Thank you for all you do. And I know that people in Houston on Friday pick up that hard copy of the Houston Business Journal. We're (laughs) keeping up with it online because if you're in business or you're in Houston – you've got to be reading the Houston Business Journal. So thanks for all the data, all of the info, and we look forward to seeing you at our Women's Conference, Giselle, on one of our panels. Absolutely. And, folks, if you've not taken a look at it, our Women's Conference is coming up. It's around the corner. It's in March, and, yes, men are invited. We're not just talking to women. We will have (laughs) male panelists. It's a leadership conference as much as it is a women's conference. So join us for that. And, again, Giselle, thanks for all you do. I'm super proud of you.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for all you do for um, advancing Hispanics in business and, and, you know, creating this era of uh, inclusivity. Thank, thank you, you, Dr. Laura Murillo.
1: Thank you Take so care. much. Have a great day. We'll be right back.